Now, it's Positively Ernie, New York's TV legend and 77 WABC radio talk host with positive news and interviews to inform and inspire you. Now, here's Ernie Anastas. Okay, okay, here we are. How are you today? You know, it's a it's another good day for us. Yeah, I I just enjoy so much of life. I think I've always been that way from the time I was a kid. Just just being happy that you know there's an opportunity to explore, to learn, to do something, and uh, that spirit you know follows me everywhere. Particularly when I'm in the studio. And uh, what I really like about these podcasts is that you can choose so many different subjects, and it's very loose. It's very comfortable in the studio. I can be talking to myself, but you're listening to me. But I feel like I'm talking to myself many times. I'm just sharing my feelings. And um, we've done a lot of different programs together. And there's somebody in the control room uh, that has been listening and and watching a lot of what we do. Kevin Drosch is uh, back there. Hey, Kev, how are you today? I'm great, Ernie. How are you? Feeling good? Doing great. Yeah, you know, you listen to a lot of programs, a lot of things that we do on a day-to-day basis. And uh, you ever get bored? You know what? I tell you, I, I don't because we have so much variety here at WABC. It goes from politics to positivity like yeah. you. Yeah. And then it goes to, you know, fashion and, you know, pop culture and entertainment. Cindy Adams is fantastic. Oh, she's great. So just like it's such a variety of stuff. How could you get bored, really? Yeah, I know. And, and, you know, what's interesting is that we have so many opportunities. Uh, every person that's on the air can really choose a subject and introduce a lot of different guests, which I love doing. But many times, like today, you know, I I was thinking about the show a couple of days ago, and I said, you know, uh, there are many people that I can choose to put on the air, and we've done it before, but I said, you know, I'm just going to talk. Just talk about some things that I find interesting. We just had graduation, right? Graduation for a lot of students. I love that theme, too, by the way. Let's, Let's hear a little bit of this pomp and circumstance. There it is. Oh, yeah. Bring back memories. Isn't that nice? Graduation. I always remember how, how good I felt that I was at the end of something and the beginning of something else. And I've, I've had the, uh, the honor to be um, a speaker, commencement speaker at several colleges. Oh, anywhere from Marist College, great school, Sacred Heart University, Manhattanville College, Northeastern University in Boston, New York Institute of Technology, And I've always felt like this was a a unique opportunity to speak to young people. And I've always enjoyed working with young people. I think you've heard me say this before. I started when I was 16 at my local radio station back in New Hampshire, and I had a talk show. And from then on in, you know, it was always talking about young issues, and I wrote a couple of books for teenagers in America. But I thought I would share with you something, and it's one of the speeches that I used at one of these colleges. It might have been at Marist College. But my message, I said, was very simple to the students that were listening. And I have a couple of notes that I will refer to, and then I'll share my story. The Dalai Lama said, open your arms to change. Don't let go of your values. Now, you know, to me, we really face tough decisions every day. We're always being tested so many times in life. And when our actions and words align with our values, we generally feel pretty good. But when our behaviors don't match up to our values, there is an uneasiness, and I think we feel that inside. It's a gut feeling. So uh, making 
a deliberate and conscious attempt to identify which values are the most important to you, I believe is needed to keep our anxiety low and our happiness and sense of personal worth high. So there is a story that I like to share with a lot of young people, uh, particularly the graduates. And I talk about a mentor. There was a mentor working with a young person. And uh, this person said, look, you're going to go through life like the rest of us. There are some fundamental things that you're going to deal with. You are unique, you're special, but you also have some of these common situations that you will live with in life. Now, the mentor said, I'm going to give you a visual so you can get a feel for it. Uh, let's think of these as balls that you just juggle. Okay, you're, you're juggling these balls, and they have an identification in life. And what are they? He said, okay, the first ball is work, family, friends, health, and reputation. Those are the five balls basic in life. So as you think about what you're doing with your work, I want you to think about how important it is to do well, to be happy, have a sense of purpose about your work. Never feel that, you know, you're bored. If you can avoid that, try to feel excited about what you do and feel that you have a special gift, your own gift, that you're going to share with other people and share with the world, maybe make the world a better place. I know that sounds like a beat-up expression, but there's a lot of truth to it. So you have the ball work, and work is is a lot of fun. It's exciting for you. I want to have you excel at whatever you do. But remember that that, that ball, that work ball, is rubber. It's a rubber ball, and it'll bounce. It's going to bounce against the wall. It's going to bounce up, down. You may have success. You may have some failures. You may have some learning experiences. But don't worry too much about work because it is a rubber ball. I want you to visualize that. So the mentor continued and said, okay, now, let's stop for a minute. What are the other balls that I talked about? Family, friends, health, and reputation. Now, here's the difference. Those imaginary balls are made of glass, okay? You drop one of those, you can chip it or you can shatter it completely. You have to be very careful about that. We have to recognize that we do have values in life. And our lives can become less stressful and more productive, more meaningful when we acknowledge our personal values. Uh, many times, I, I've worked with so many people over the years who have had huge success, and I'm not going to name drop, but really successful people. And many of them have said to me, it's a hollow victory. And I said, why? Why is it a hollow victory? Because um, I've achieved so much, but I also sacrificed so much. Now, I'm not being judgmental here. I'm just telling you what I have heard from people that I've talked to who have been very successful. They gave up their lifestyle. Uh, they gave up their health. Many people got sick. Many people got into bad habits. And we know there's a list of things that we can get into. Uh, destroyed their home life. Lost their, their family in many ways. Uh, tragic stories. And yet they've had this huge success. But they've described, described it as being hollow. That there was nothing in there after it was over. And so, you know, these stories are important because I think we have to learn as we go through life. We have to learn from our own experiences and we have to learn from other people. Right, Kev? I mean, this is, this is how you grow in life, by learning things that are happening to you in life and others as well. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 uh, I learn from you every day, every time that you come in to, to speak on the radio with us, I learn a new lesson from you. Everyone that I work with here is tremendously helpful mm. with me and my career, but I have to agree with you. Yes. If you focus too much on your career, yes. then you can lose sight of things that are really made of glass in your life that you cannot repair. Exactly. Exactly. That's a good point. And, and, and everybody should make the effort to live uh, live by and honor whatever the values are that you have, regardless of what you encounter in your life. Now, the great Walt Disney summed it up this way. He said, it's not hard to make decisions when you know what your values are. So there's a lot to be said about values. Uh, I'm going to jump around a little bit because this is fun. I made a list one time of uh, many people that I've interviewed, people that I've uh, encountered throughout my career. You ready for this crazy list, Kev? I think so. It's, it's unbelievable. I mean... I don't want to impress anybody. It's just a fact of life. These are the people that I've talked to and I've known. Kenny Rogers, Bruce Springsteen, Muhammad Ali, uh, Fidel Castro, Mikhail Gorbachev, Jimmy Carter, Buzz Aldrin, George Bush, Lucille Ball, Ed Sullivan, Mark Anthony, Brooke Shields, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., uh, Clive Davis, Chaz Terry, Willie Mays, Yogi Berra, Betty Davis, Mr. Rogers, Chubby Checker. I mean, <laughs> oh, unbelievable. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola. Wow. Well, that was That's a amazing. giant. Oh, yeah. my God. I mean, you talk about, you know, what, what he did in his life. I mean, how many of us have, have followed the stories? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, and if you start a list with Bruce Springsteen, by the way, yeah. I, I was thinking to myself, there's no way he could go up from here. Oh. And then you just started listing off all these amazing people. It's uh, like you went through the cover of Time magazine. You said, I'm going to meet all of these people, every well, single one. You know, let me tell you, you know, Regis Philbin, uh, Bernie Williams, Olympia Dukakis, Danny Aiello, Mark Goodson, Marlo Thomas, Phil Donahue, Howard Stern, Danny DeVito, Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, Dan Quayle. Uh, Al Sharpton, James Brown, I feel good. Yeah, Godfather of soul. Oh, my God. Ed Koch, uh, Deepak Chopra, Geraldo Rivera, Frank Perdue, um, Dr. Oz, Bob Iger, uh, head of uh, Disney. Uh, I mean, so many people. But there, there's a story that I want to share with you. Because when I was out of college and I was at CBS working as a desk assistant, late 60s, and I was a desk assistant, so I was, you know, in the newsroom handling a lot of different stories, passing information around to reporters and producers. Walter Cronkite was in the newsroom. Oh, my God, you have no idea how great that was. But there was a guy that was working in the mailroom. And, you know, he was just delivering mail. A young guy. And he would come up to the newsroom, and we'd always sit around and talk. And we'd say, uh, you know, Barry, uh, you always seem to be preoccupied. And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, you're always humming or something. You're always singing a song of some sort. And he would. He'd, mm -hmm. And we always said, you know, one of these days, you're going to have to follow your dream, man. You got to just do something with your dream. And he said, yeah, I will. He said, yeah, I just needed a, a start. And, and I'm working in the mailroom now. He said, but I'm going to work my way up. And you know what? Um, he followed his dream. He followed his dream. And every time I hear him sing, I'm saying, that's my buddy Barry from you know where? The mailroom. Listen to this song. Oh, this is great. Sing it, Barry. You know I can't smile without you. Isn't that great? So we knew Barry Manilow when he was just a young guy like the rest of us. And he was working in the mailroom at CBS. He talks about that, by the way, Kev. You know, when he's interviewed sometimes, he, he talks about his experience in the mailroom. He's proud of it. That's a really unbelievable story right there. Yeah. Yeah, he just, he just felt like, you know, I'm like everybody else, getting my start somewhere and hoping for the break. 
and he got his break. And we're very proud of Barry Manilow. Great guy. You want to hear another story? I sure do. Um, I jump around a little bit because I've, I've worked in, in some different markets. I was in Boston and Chicago and certainly in New York for 40 years on the air doing the news. But there was a time that I was working in Boston. I was doing morning news and, uh, and I enjoyed it. And the news director would invite us out once in a while and he'd say, look, you know, we're going to have a luncheon today. Uh, we have somebody in town. So would you want, you want to come to lunch? I was doing the morning news. So I got off at like 1230. So I went to a luncheon and it was a very small group, probably no more than 10 people. And I'm sitting at the end of the table and at the head of the table was the guest of honor. And when I looked at this person, I could only hear one melody in the background. Hmm. Everybody knows that theme, right? Alfred Hitchcock presents. Woo! <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting there with Alfred Hitchcock, right? And a large man sitting at that table. And a full face. And uh, I was a little taken back by it. Uh, this was early on in my career. Can you imagine sitting there with Alfred Hitchcock? I mean, that's an icon right there. An icon. You talk about starstruck, right? Unbelievable. And I'm saying, you know, what am I going to talk to this guy about? So as we continued with a little light conversation, I said, okay, I'm going to get a little interesting here. Uh, Mr. Hitchcock, I, you know, when I've watched your television show, Alfred Hitchcock Presents, and your amazing movies, uh, you know, I often think, how do you think about these ideas? Where do you get you know, the plot. Where do you get the start? How do you get the finish? How it ends? How do you get these ideas? And he looked at me and, you know, he had that big full face and he was talking like this. And he said, Ernie, uh, these ideas come to me at a very inopportune time. I said, really? Yes. And I said, when, when these ideas come to you, what do you do? Well, he says, I write them down on a piece of paper. I said, is that right? You just write them down? Yes. And you save those papers? Yes, I do. And I was just looking at him in awe. And as he sat there, he reached into his pocket and he pulled out a bunch of crumpled pieces of paper and slammed it on the table. There, the future. And I said, oh, my good. I mean, what was there? The birds? I mean, what, what kind of movies? You probably they? just pulled out a few million dollars and 10 awards, right, from that chunk of paper. Unbelievable. When, when, when I think about things like that and I'm saying, you know, that was an extraordinary moment for me. And, and I, I, all, I, I wanted to touch the little pieces of paper, but I didn't dare do that. And I wanted to look and see what kind of secrets are in there. But, you know, that was extraordinary. Alfred Hitchcock, what a giant. Now, am I ask you a question? What yeah. year was that when that happened? And so uh, around 1971, 72. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah I go back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've had a, an interesting time. Quite a the, career. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I love all the stuff that I do and uh, and still do. But I just thought this would be a little fun. I mean, we, do you like me sharing these stories? With you? Oh, I think it's so great. You know, I, Ernie, I grew up watching you on TV. Mm. Um, a little bit younger. I was born in 1995. Okay. And when I was a kid, I would watch Fox 5 News. Sure. Um, mostly because, and don't take offense to this, uh. you were on right before The Simpsons. Oh, so yeah. I always associate Ernie and Estes throwing to The Simpsons, which oh, was my favorite show man. of all time. So it always left such a pleasant memory. Oh, and then when God. you came to work here, I went, yeah. there's Ernie and Estes. The guy right before The Simpsons giving us the news, and he looks exactly the same. He looks great, and his energy is awesome. Uh, I appreciate that. You know, uh, to me, when, when I, I think about the honor, and I, I say that, an honor 
uh, to to be on the air in New York all this time. And when people, you know, see me on the street, then they yell out my name and they want to take a picture or they want to talk a little bit. I can't tell you, Kevin, how that makes me feel. And you know that's a genuine expression. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I really yeah. feel that way. Yeah, if you love the city that you're doing yeah. you know, news in, you know, yeah. it's great. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've always felt that. I've always felt that when I have been on the air, uh, that it was a thrill to be able to go out to an audience and communicate with them one-on-one and then meet them later on. But I would always visualize as I look in the camera, and I still do, uh, look into the camera and think about maybe one or two people. I would never think of masses. I would never think of hundreds of thousands or a couple of million people because, you know, the audience expanded as we went along, not only in New York, but because of cable and because of satellite and so forth. I mean, you know, you get information, you get mail, you get letters, emails from people all over the country and even other parts of the world. So it's extraordinary to think about that. But going back to what I wanted to say, it's a thrill for me and an honor to be on the air and to have people respond that way makes it makes a big difference in my life. I feel like a sense of purpose that I've had. Yeah. And you know, they say, you know, with radio, it's very important to establish a yeah. direct connection with the listener. And it is, mm. you are talking to one person. You're not talking to the masses because t- people take the message and they internalize it. Yeah. And it means a lot, especially a show like yours and a podcast like yours, you're reaching out to the individual. You're mm. not really reaching out to the group. Yes. So that's what makes it very intimate. And that's what I love about radio mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and in smaller medias, you know, mediums all over the world, because the internet seems to go out to the masses. Yes. Everything's out to the masses these days, but we really focus in on the individual. That's true. And, and you know, for, for many years uh, doing the evening news, I'd come on and say good evening and then tell people why it wasn't. And I said, you know, uh, I have to report this. This is, this is the way it is. But the opportunity will come to me to be able to focus more. I've always done positive stories. I've always looked for balancing, uh, you know, whatever we have on the air with a nice story at the end. And then I increased that both positively early on the news. And now that's what I'm doing exclusively. I think and I, that's so great, yeah. Yeah, and I feel that, you know, if I focus on finding solutions to problems, so many times people are watching the news, and as they're watching, they're just being inundated with negativity and problems, but no solutions, no answers. And you go to bed thinking about all the things that are wrong. And I said, you know, let's think about some of the things that are right and how we're working to make changes to affect positive changes in life and help people through, through you know, a very difficult time, particularly this pandemic thing was unbelievable. You know, sometimes we want to forget how bad it was. But if you recall, every day on the news, we were talking about thousands and thousands of people who were dying, not sick, not in the hospital. Yeah, they were, but a lot of people who were dying from COVID. And uh, it was frightening. We, we had shut down cities, the country in many ways. And so I think uh, there was an opportunity for people to reflect. Uh, I think it's a time of reflection because I've, I've interviewed and talked to a lot of people who have said, I've had an opportunity to just look at my family, look at my life and say, what is this all about? And that's why a lot of people have chosen to work somewhere remotely 
and to live somewhere else, to avoid some of the commuting, to avoid a, a lifestyle that they don't want anymore. But I think that, you know, understanding what your gifts are, what your values are, you know, what's important to you, um, I think can make a huge difference in your life. What do you think, Kev? Yeah, I think uh, COVID for a lot of people during the pandemic, it was uh, they were striving. They're trying to find a connection with other people. Mm. They might have reassessed certain points of their life. I know I did. I know I wanted to get out there and really started pursuing media. Yeah. And that's what I did during COVID. I, I kind of strapped down. I was working at a small radio station. I said, you know, now's a perfect opportunity for me to really find what I want to do in life. And I made that change. And, you know, here we are now. And I think a lot of people mm -hmm. took it for positive. A lot of people took it for negative. But at the same time, you know, it was a monumental moment in everyone's life that went through COVID. Absolutely. No, no one left unaffected, I don't think. No question about it. And, and it, it was an unprecedented emphasis on our universal human connection because we were hearing about people not just in this country but around the world who were suffering and who were dying from this pandemic. And uh, it makes you think again about your own life and it encourages, I think, people to think about their authentic lives. You know, who are you? What you just said. Who am I? What do I really want to do with my life? I had a teacher once that said to me, whatever you enjoy doing will be the avenue to your success. So what is it that really turns you on, gets you excited? And I think we have to think about that. And it gives you a, a stronger awareness of yourself. It, it, it gives clarity to your life and a sense of purpose. I love that. Um, listen, we've had a great time on the air. I, I'm going to play a little bit more of Barry Manilow as we say goodbye. So I remember my good friend Barry Manilow who's doing great. Congratulations from coming out of that mailroom that we remember you as a young guy and your great success. And I hope you all have success, too. Whatever your dreams are, whatever your sense of happiness, I hope you go out there and, and really work at it because you deserve it. Okay? Uh, I enjoyed today. Kev, I hope you had a good time, too. Had a blast, Ernie. Great, man. I hope uh, you'll join me again next time on this uh, same channel, the same platform, wherever you are. We're on WABC in New York, uh, 77 WABC. We have a live program on the weekends, and every day we have features. Thank you so much for joining us. Have yourself a great day, and I'll see you next time. Bye. When you're